0: That that deals into more of my personal uh, conspiracy theory that Ben Benjamin Franklin is a time traveler. Time traveler, traveler. Yes.
1: and I could finish your sentence because you say this literally every other it's day. It's my
0: favorite conspiracy it theory. It really is. Forget it's... the frogs being gay. No, Benjamin Franklin is a time traveler. <laughs> no one can convince me otherwise. <laughs> da, 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 da.
1: Once upon a time, two boys, men, sat down from each other in a podcast.
0: And I already def- don't like where this is going. <laughs> I had that planned. I had, I had a speech planned. I actually planned
1: a speech. Like, the only parts of my notes today were literally, like, have this cool speech about You just why. had two
0: little boys and I was not down. <laughs>
1: I was gonna get more. It was gonna be boys than men than heroes to defend. The, I'm gonna stop. But anyways, we're here to defend the genre of fantasy. This is a podcast about why fantasy as a genre, fantasy as a means of storytelling, is not only important but arguably to us. Tell me if you disagree. But the most important genre in fiction.
0: Yeah, I actually I do actually agree on a me on a more historical level but this whole idea sparked from my dad actually cuz my dad's favorite book is old man and the sea and he considers fantasy most fiction but some fi- some fiction and mostly historical are that's real literature and everything that is outside of that like basically anything uh less serious than old man and the sea is not real literature. And so. Like I was trying to tell him. The awesomeness of Dick's Discworld. And how personally. I put small gods. At about the same level of. Intellectual significance. As Old Man the Sea.
1: Let, let me play a character for a second. And pretend that I don't understand fantasy. Okay. Why fantasy? It's stupid.
0: Well. For as long as. Humans have had society and come together as groups. They've created mythos and they've created legends. We can see that by cave paintings and different, some of the earliest stories were fantasy. And it's what people tell around the campfire and how they get across, how they teach morals and lessons to their children. It is the oldest type of story. And. That's why it's still important today. Like, there's a reason why it's a la- that kind of genre has lasted.
1: Fantasy itself is a tough term to define. How would you How would you define fantasy? Because it could be pretty loose at times.
0: It can. Um, sure, it, it's kind of like on a spectrum. But whenever you're dealing with, a, in the literary world, uh, the world is of a fantastic nature, and fantastic just being. So outside uh, breaking the rules and history and like the rules of physics, the, everything about our own world is just completely different.
1: It, we don't think about it, but superheroes, all of Marvel, that's fantasy. Sure. You think of it, then you think of something as simple as Little Red Robin Hood, or fairy tales. Fairy tales are a form of fantasy. You yeah. have the three little pigs, form of fantasy most of our stories that we grew up on are these fairy tales or fantasy and it's tough for me to think of. Where do you say it's not fantasy? Is fairy tale still fantasy? Is sci-fi still fantasy? What line do we draw when we say fantasy to sci-fi or fantasy to fairy tale? What's the difference? Is it a broad term? How would you define it?
0: Typically sci-fi is more heavily based on our own world with some slight changes in technological advancement or the direction that technology ch- takes. Yeah. So um, take an example, like Ender's Game, clear example of sci-fi, is mostly Earth, but in the future with certain tele- technological advancements and aliens. But it focuses on our own, but more advanced or in a technological different direction where fantasy kind of has from the roots of that planet or from that world are different and completely changed. So even in Harry Potter, where it takes place in modern times, the history of the Harry Potter world has wizards. And the entire course of Earth's history is shaped by the fantastical element. Mm. Where in sci-fi, very often you can have the history be exactly the same as our own world but the future is different.
1: Got it. Would you say that fantasy tells like, can give a message better than other genres can? What makes it so special and unique compared to, can't, can't you get the message across without fantasy elements?
0: Sure, you, you totally can, but often what makes the best, it's always a good uh, trick to use an extreme to make a point. Because yeah. if you use our own world, you get muddled up in details and it, it you're a bit too grounded. Where in fantasy, you get to have the extreme and it clearly makes your point. So, um, my personal thought on it, and let me know if you disagree. I, I think, do. Oh, of course.
1: <laughs> I'm just going to assume.
0: Sure. Um, I think fantasy has a lot to do with the It typically deals with exploration of character and history. And sci-fi has to deal with uh, the exploration of society and the world at large. And typically the future. But that's kind of what each genre normally explores and does really well. So Mm. I think the better characters from fiction come from sci-fi. And some of the better worlds... Of course, exceptions are in sci-fi.
1: Well, you said sci-fi for both of those.
0: My bad. Uh, Best characters in fantasy, best worlds are in sci-fi.
1: Got it. I see that. I see where you're gathering that from. Are there exceptions to that rule?
0: Oh, yeah. Lord of the Rings being one of the best worlds.
1: And characters. And characters. That's why it's goaded. Is there an exception in the sci-fi realm for
0: you? Yeah. Hyperion.
1: Has best world and characters as well.
0: Yeah, up there. Okay, that's why I liked it so much. Is it has such an interest? Like it is sci-fi. It is hard sci-fi, mm. but it has such moving characters.
1: But here's the thing, Richie. I personally have mm-hmm. only read biographies my entire life, mm-hmm. historical fiction, and all the cool stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now, talking to me from someone who hasn't di- do- dove right. That's that's the correct. Mm-hmm. Way to say it. Who hasn't dove into fantasy whatsoever? How would you convince someone who has never watched anything fantasy, or maybe they have? They've seen Harry Potter and no. they thought it was mid, or th- which not a lot of people do actually. <laughs> <laughs> they saw Harry Potter, thought it was mid. They saw Lord of the Rings and, with great blasphemy, said it was bad. No. Or they read their they read Ender's, Enders Game sci fi, but they read a, they read a dystopian fantasy, and they thought it was terrible. How do you convince that person to give fantasy more of a shot, or maybe it's just not for them? Can fantasy not be for somebody?
0: I guess. I mean, to be fair, like, there's always sometimes some people just don't like things. Mm-hmm. However, when you talk about biographies and history, nuance, uh, in, unfortunately, in our own world, there are no clean, happy endings, there are no clean messages. Nuance often obscures the point of the author. If you go through a, uh, I don't know, pick Benjamin Franklin, and the author kind of wants to tell the story of their life and maybe what he stood for, what Ben Franklin uh, really, what he wanted to tell with his life and what, what other people should take from his life. It's very hard. <laughs> it's very hard because he had such a more nuanced life. Sure, he he's this inventor, he's a founding father, also a womanizer, and also did his best to free the slaves, kind of, in his own small way. But that that deals into more of my personal uh, conspiracy theory that Ben Benjamin Franklin is a time Time traveler. traveler. And
1: I could finish your sentence because you say this literally every other day. It's my favorite conspiracy It really is.
0: Forget the frogs being gay. No, Benjamin Franklin is a time traveler. (laughs) No one can convince me otherwise. He was way too progressive for his own time. And it's insane. That'd
1: be a great sci-fi book for you. Oh,
0: it'd be great. Like his understanding of science and instead of using science to, you know, better humanity, like, he uses it to pick up chicks. That sounds like some some guy in the future, like some janitor who only passed, like, high school science, gets in a time machine, goes back in time, and uses his rudimentary uh, understanding of science to pick up chicks.
1: Well, I'm convinced.
0: I'm just saying, I think that, okay. that makes the most sense. <laughs> and also, I think it speaks to his... His understanding of how much work goes into things and him trying to avoid it. So uh, Tom Shefferson asked him to write the Constitution. And you know what he said? No. And <laughs> when he asked, why won't you? You're a great author. You'd, mm-hmm. uh, you would uh, bring great, uh, great... It would host. mess
1: with the butterfly effect.
0: It Could destroy that. the future. But his reason was, mm-hmm. no, mm- you idiots will keep revising it, and I'll keep having to write this thing over and over, and I'm not <laughs> dealing with that. I, he
1: was, he was, had too much time, or too little time on his hands to write the thing. Yeah, no, because
0: <laughs> he understood that it wasn't going to, like, oh, he would just write it. No, he would write it, and right. then they would go, oh, actually, we want to put in this comma. And you can't just... Put in the comment. You have to tear it up and rewrite it again. And then, oh no! Well, actually, we want to take out this world. Add this world. He did not want to deal with that. Man,
1: Ben, what a guy!
0: I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> a that's a weird tangent, but my point is, nuance really messes with a lesson of morals and okay. a if the author's trying to get across a point or explore a specific idea and topic, the nuance of reality gets in the way. Interesting. Okay, so
1: when you say something like Ben Franklin's a time traveler, yeah, time traveling elements—that's obviously sci-fi. I think we say that safely in the sci-fi realm.
0: Questionable, because what uh, to what be fair distinguishes I mean, the two? The book's right next to you. Yeah, deal with time travel—completely fantasy, oh, hardcore fantasy—and one of the best examples of written out uh, like a time travel story one of the best best uh, time travel stories I've ever read. Okay, and interesting. So, gotta get that guy. Kind of
1: now, do you consider something like think dystopian novels? Do you consider yeah. the Hunger Games is that fantasy?
0: No, don't think so.
1: What do you consider books like that, like the Hunger Games, Divergent, The Maze Runner? They're all dystopian. Are they more sci fi elements? See, fantasy is so broad to me. I try to narrow it down into a term. I want to see what you think defines Hmm. fantasy like is there a is there an easy way to coin it with just one simple maxim or is it kind of difficult to do
0: it is difficult i mean there is i would say there's the degree of fantasy fantasy to sci-fi if the story is focusing on the past and history typically that's a fantasy novel if it's focusing on technology in the future that's more sci-fi okay so you could have a fantasy story, like let's say a series. It starts off at a certain technological level, but it focuses on the history of the world and how they got there and um, just the growth and deals far more with like the stories and the mythos in the world. And then you start seeing the characters grow up and start developing this awesome technology. You could say it maybe transfers into a sci-fi book. Gotcha, okay. Which, by the way, Sanderson is trying to do. He is? Yeah. So his stated goal is he wants to turn the Cosmere, starting off as hardcore fantasy, and slowly, as the series goes on, transfer into um, Psy Fantasy. Very cool, okay.
1: Okay, is is he going to combine, so the whole Cosmere is going to be that, and then there's going to be trickling in sci-fi as it goes on in Stormlight or just Cosmere books?
0: Well, Stormlight already is moving in that direction. Okay. Um, But already Mistborn is. So we're kind of in that punk, the steampunk era, noir. It's not fantasy. It's not sci-fi. But he plans to next era Mistborn being leaning more into the sci-fi element. So technology being at a certain level fun oh well
1: what's the best fantasy era like what what time period do you usually do you gravitate toward
0: i mean call call me a you know a basic b but i like medieval i like medieval, yeah, I like yeah. medieval yeah, fantasy it's always the best yeah, okay. i mean you can't get much better than like you know the sword fighting that's always fun yeah uh, you can't get much better than fantasy sword fighting so okay okay fair Fair enough. But what do you think? What do you think draws that line between fantasy and sci-fi? I have a maybe
1: controversial take on this. Hmm. I don't think it's controversial. I just need to say something interesting, sure. to be honest. <laughs> 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 I I think sci-fi is fantasy. Okay. And I'm using a big umbrella term where fantasy, if we're just going to talk what's a fantasy novel, It's we're talking about things that are impossible mm. or improbable. Things that you can't really imagine, like that—that that can't happen. And from what we know and understand, and I'd say the difference—and I say improbable. So if we're talking improbable, like time travel, for example, is technically possible. Technically speaking, you can go faster than light speed to another planet and look back and come back. So based on yeah. space time, and so technically possible, but outside of our current technology. But if we're to define it as something that's impossible or improbable sci-fi is, has an element of fantasy to it what distinguishes it is typically focused on technology and advancements of technology that are maybe more probable so that you know that distinguish
0: comes it's a it's a very loose hmm. line but I, I like that yeah it, where fantasy is deals in the impossible mm-hmm. and sci-fi deals in the improbable yep I there's always also. like sci-fi does a lot of research where yeah it it's impossible, but it, there's a nugget of truth in there. Yep. Where there's a nugget of like, oh, maybe.
1: It's based on scientific principles that yeah. if you could go down a rabbit hole could be possible. Whereas fantasy, no, you're not going to just cast a spell and cause an earthquake. Well, if, I mean, if you want to scientifically explain, maybe you could do this with the tectonic plates and whatnot. But yeah. you're not going to say abracadabra and then boom, earthquake happens. Or I'm not going to all of a sudden go whoosh, and then be able to bend four elements. You know, it's a it's very different then. Whereas Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood uses alchemy, which is uh they they have a scientific explanation for some of it. Like you combine different things, but the the things that occur in Full Metal Alchemist are very much fantasy esque. Which again, the blurred
0: lines are well that's just hard that's just a hard uh magic system. Yeah, which kinda like yep. I mean Mistborn is a hard magic system, but yeah. it's still fantastical. Yep, exactly. A fantasy. I I think it's the most important genre out there. Now, why
1: do you say most important? What makes it better than others? Because fantasy, compared to other genres, and specifically, you know, it doesn't even have to be in books and literature, but in, in any type of storytelling, fantasy. You are always asking the question, "What if this?" The question "What if" is always being asked. And I heard I heard this someone say this before when they were describing fantasy, but. The question of what if is very important, and I mean it this simply. So you're in, we're in a normal world, and then all of a sudden you ask, what if there were superheroes? What if there were superheroes that were very human, like in The Boys, the show? What mm. if there were superheroes, and what if there was one that came from another planet, and he was super powerful and had this moral code, Superman? Or what if there was – you ask what if and extend it, because what fantasy does is it uses the rules of the universe. It uses the rules that we understand and adds another rule element to it that changes the way everything functions and everything we understand functions. So for example, if you were to change just one aspect of people can bend elements, people can bend water. How does that change the world? How does that change how societies interact? How does that change how we learn and adapt and what technology occurs? It takes so much creativity from the author, from the creator from the screenwriter whoever whatever form it's being told in it takes such a level of creativity that i appreciate it so much and the storytelling that you're able to do by adding an element which you would not be able to do in uh, in regular nonfiction or even fiction right if you're basing it on realistic scenarios you're confined to a very set of rules fantasy lets you do anything you want and it, as crazy as that seems like a lot of people think fantasy like oh anything could happen like what fun is it if like anything deus ex machina essentially anything's possible but what fantasy does is it does that it extends the rules but still keeps those
0: rules well good good fantasy yeah of course we're talking that, about that fantasy is, done right that yeah. is true cuz typically fantasy gone wrong is where The rules are expanded, and nobody knows where they are.
1: That's bad fantasy, but that could also be bad fiction as well. You could do that in in those cases. Yeah, true.
0: But that's more like dealings of the universe kind of thing, more Mm -hmm. plot convenience. Mm -hmm. But no, good fantasy is freedom within boundaries. Yes. And the boundaries that you create. Oh, very well put, yes. And that is, we were talking about this previously, that is the like good art, actually good art is freedom within boundaries, within rules, where if you don't have any rules, no boundaries, any guidelines, it typically devolves into chaos and ugliness. Chess is the most boring game in the world if there are no rules. Yeah. If you're
1: not both playing that pawns can go this far and the king goes here and the queen goes there and the knight makes a little L shape, if you could do anything on the chessboard, no one's going to play.
0: Yeah. I I was listening to uh, my... I had a teacher, and there were a bunch of teachers we go to at college with, for like my sax teacher. And one of the concerts he was holding for other students was his Freeform Jazz concert. Yeah. I want to tell you, the worst sounds I've ever heard come from Freeform Jazz. And I love jazz. Yeah. And like the whole point of jazz is freedom within boundaries. Like Improv is... There is a set. There are a set time. There, there's a uh, improv section, and you get to play what you like within these certain scales, within these certain measures, and that's where that beauty comes from. And then sometimes you got people that like really bend the rules, or not really break the rules. So like um, people like John Coltrane don't break the rules of jazz. He changes them, and that's very different. Freeform jazz breaks the rules and jazz greats change them so there are still rules and there are still guidelines but you don't throw them all away and replace them with nothing mm. that's freeform jazz and that's why it sucks and why mar- most modern art sucks and why most like amateur fantasy would fail because there aren't they take the rules away and replace it with nothing
1: Brandon Sanderson said this best in one of his lecture series. Mm-hmm. He was answering a question similar to this of why, you know, people who just don't like fantasy. Yeah. And the re- one of the reasons he was saying is fantasy, the complaints you could make about fantasy, you can make about other genres. Mm-hmm. You can equate them. So someone to say about fantasy, oh, you could just have the magical wizard do this or the blah, blah, blah. That's not, so in romance, for example, in romance you could very easily just have um, – Two people fall in love, and then, boom! Something breaks them up, and then they fall in love because of uh, they they see each other at a coffee shop. They just happen to see each other at the coffee shop again. They fall in love. It's the same element where you could tell a good or a bad romance. It just depends how you tell the story. Just like in fantasy, if you're to add a plot element just out of nowhere, you could do you could add a plot element out of nowhere in fantasy, or you could add one out of nowhere in a romance, or in an action movie, or in anything. Storytelling is storytelling. All fantasy allows you to do. Is to extend the rules, but creating creating boundaries, but boundaries that regular fiction cannot get to.
0: Yeah, and I don't. I think it's definitely important to stress how much fantasy, um, it teaches. It teaches our moral lessons. Like it is the first moral teacher. Absolutely. Story stories is. I mean, however you want to take the Bible. Mm, you know tip, you know, dipping my toe in this water. Yeah. Whole idea of the Bible is telling stories, whether they be true or not. They're telling stories to teach a moral lesson.
1: All these parables and allegories to send a deeper message. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or the Greeks and all Greek mythology. Mm -hmm. And I don't think this one's a controversial one, but, you know, the Greek mythos, those stories are told to teach people lessons and also to entertain. But they uh, um, think well, think of children, sh-
1: for example. What stories were we told? Of, the boy who cried wolf.
0: Yeah. Oh, well, the brother. The I don't know if that one's part of the Brothers Grimm, but oh boy, the Germans are they they are brutal teachers to their children. That <laughs> is Oh God, those are all. We should read the actual Brothers Grimm tales. That would
1: be good. That would be a good fun. They read.
0: they are uh, real Depresso <laughs> like. Espresso depresso. <laughs> but yeah, they are, imp- that is honestly principally why they are important. Art, why superhero movies are important is because it teaches kids to stand up for truth. It teaches kids to be brave. And what's the value of being brave even when it's hard? Mm-hmm. It, that's important. I mean, how many, how many kids where they're young kids where they are in a uh, they see someone getting bullied, and they think back to how Captain America would wouldn't stand up for that. They, you know, Captain America would stand up to the bully and actually would protect someone because it was right. And then they go and do it. Yeah, because they were taught by Captain America. Like that's not an unrealistic story, and that's been told countless. That that kind of story has been co- told countless times. That's why fantasy is principally important
1: very important and and what it allows children to even us we are we are adults somehow we're i think we're adults sometimes we're not give or take when we decide to we act like adults sometimes yeah we're adults and everyone does this you can watch a movie that has complete nonsense we're talking about a movie with wizards or with magic or with flying people we're watching a movie and we pretend we suspend our disbelief just for long enough to enjoy and take as if this is real. Just like you do with all forms of media all forms of media, you do this. You suspend your disbelief because you put yourself there and we could just do it. We could block out and really care about what we're watching. And with fantasy, that's that to the extreme. Oh yeah. And no other genre can you just you're you're a grown adult or whether you're a child watch something and just believe it to be true because that's what makes it the most emotional and gives you the most meaning and lets you connect with the story and the broader scope of what it means in your life. It, so it's it's magical. It, it really is. It
0: really is. And when when you watch a uh, a fantasy movie or read a fantasy book and you put yourself in the in the heroic character's shoes. Yeah. It fantasy is you're supposed to put yourself in their shoes and you're supposed to suspend your disbelief and imagine you're them. And you pretend to be brave enough times when the time comes, you have a much more likely chance of actually being brave. Yeah. It's important. It's very
1: important. Yeah. That was a good note to end it on. I think brave,
0: yeah, was... be brave. So, folks. Be brave. Let, let us know what you think about uh, fantasy. What tell us in the comments of what book or what movie shaped your own uh, thought on life. What do you think shaped you? What what decision did you make because you remember a hero from a story? Let us know below. And uh, like, comment, subscribe, all that jazz. And uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Hey, and also
1: let us know any topics you want to throw out there for us to talk about in the future. Or any reviews you want us to give. We're open to uh, whatever, whatever ideas you guys want us to talk about next. This was a fun
0: one. Yeah. yeah. Goodbye, folks. Bye-bye, y'all.